0: Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus, and I hope you are enjoying the last bits of summer. I sat down with Josh Charles, who was Will Gardner on The Good Wife. I believe that was his longest day job. It garnered him an Emmy nod for Best Supporting Actor, but you probably recognize him from Dead Poets Society to Sports Night and even Inside Amy Schumer. He did this great parody with her of Aaron Sorkin, which you should check out. Josh has been acting his entire life and got to learn a lot about what it takes to be a child actor. That part actually sounds super fun. I mean, the part where you're not having to be on set and getting paid for it, but the part where you get to go to camp and meet lifelong friends. With that in mind, we do look at some photos from Josh's time at camp. So during our interview, after our interview, go to LazarusRising.com and I will post those photos and thank you to um, Mr. Blue and Mr. Sherman for sharing those. Thank you to Josh Charles and you'll know why I'm thanking everyone when you hear our interview. I heard that when your character died that like a real estate agent like contacted you to see if your apartment, <coughs> your, your real apartment might be up.
1: <laughs> this is sadly true. <laughs> The real estate agent who sold the apartment upstairs from from our apartment, immediately the next day after the episode aired, emailed me to say how (laughs) devastated she was. Does this mean that you might be moving to Los Angeles? And could we sell the... Are you interested in selling your apartment? That's true. That really happened. And then, then there was a moment where my wife swear that she was maybe possibly even following her down the street. It got creepier than that. And I wasn't going to do anything with it because I thought it was just kind of funny. But then I wrote her saying, you know, I, I, I'm sure this behavior suits you well in what you do. But I'm, I find the timing really off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> I find it really insensitive. And I'm actually living in New York and not planning on moving anywhere. <laughs> and rather than say, oh, I'm sorry, or, you know, I overstepped, she was like, well, you always got to ask. You know, I just don't know. I got to check. <laughs> And then she just proceeded to keep going like not understand even that I had a problem with it which I said you know I appreciate it that's probably why she's very good at what she does
0: I love that she like completely lacked a moral compass and just 100% have she was no like idea. well look I
1: know I know but you know you got to check Speaking of moral. A cigarette? if you don't check you don't sell if you don't sell got to check
0: Speaking of moral comedy. Who is she, by the
1: way? I don't know. What am I doing? Who is this person? I have no hey, idea. Ruth like Buzzy her. was my real estate someone, <laughs> someone with green, what are you doing? You green check. hair smoking a cigarette. <laughs> right? yeah. I don't know. You got you to check it out. <laughs> I don't care. I got to sell you apartments.
0: Now she's turned into a man.
1: Weird, like, soprano. Like, weird Jersey guy. I don't know what's happening.
0: Um, so when you were growing up in, in Baltimore, uh, you did stand-up comedy around age 12 or something like that?
1: <laughs> hey, one, one person from Baltimore. That was a few people from Baltimore. All right. Yes, I did.
0: I'm, as a, you had someone write your, you had an adult
1: write your jokes for you? Uh, some of them, yeah, and then some I wrote myself, which weren't quite as funny.
0: Who gets credit for, school is so tough these days, they're making quaaludes out of Flintstone vitamins? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good one. Well, no, but then the punchline <laughs> was, well, you laugh, but I got hooked on a Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I didn't say they were all winners, but there was there was um was a guy I worked from where I worked with my father who did comedy and I, uh, that, that's a commercial what I producer worth a, or something. Yeah, it was it uh, was editor? a creative director, and I okay. think I think he was he was also doing comedy. I'm I'm, I'm hesitating saying the name only because I'm I'm sh- I think there was one or two people that was writing some of them. You
0: had two writers at age twelve. They were just helping me out staff? because
1: no, because they. <laughs> No, because they just they, they, they liked the fact that I was into it and I think they enjoyed helping me out. It was fun. And then I and then I abandoned that and then I would just go up and do I would just do my own stuff. Like I I would get up and I used to play drums a little bit and not not well, but I would I would take my snare drum and do like weird things and That's and awesome. just imitate Richard Pryor for ten minutes, like this little white boy's like, You ever notice? you know, and people would just be like <laughs> standing there kind of dumbfounded <laughs> while I just do these really Long and Richard Pryor impersonations.
0: I'm glad you were young. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> Me too. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Stage Door Manor, because you went to this camp and so many talented uh, people who are in showbiz went there as well. Are you ever like do you ever have to apologize to a casting director or something and be like sorry I gave you that wedgie or or when you run into them now or <laughs>
1: Uh, I probably have to should apologize to a lot of cast directors, but not because of the camp. Just because, just apologize to them for a bad audition. No, but it is, it is it's it's kind of it's an incredible place, and there's so many talented people that have come out of it. I mean, I like Sean Levy. You know, is like a filmmaker oh, wow. now. Sean Levy is one of the biggest, you know, comedic film directors around right now. And Sean went to camp with us and was in West Side Story with me. And now, you know, I remember seeing him in L.A. when I lived out there briefly and he was studying at the film school there. And now he's just taking over Hollywood. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great people, but I've never had to apologize to a casting director for it. But, but ah. I certainly, uh, it's, it's a bit of a mafia stage door. It's, uh, you know, Mark Sachs, who is the casting director on The Good Wife. Um, Mark, you know, was a, was, a, was a camper there and then a teacher there. And he was... He... Aww. Wow. I'm not sure what look I'm rocking there. That's pretty rough.
0: Two studs.
1: What's up? Sherm.
0: So that is your friend, uh, John Sherman. Mark
1: Sherman. Yeah.
0: And uh, so where, where are you guys off to there? I assume you guys weren't going to uh, do too much athletics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we were going to, uh, we had a ping pong tournament and uh, <laughs> we were really late. No, we were probably like doing a play or something really theater campy.
0: And then we, where's the, the, we have another photo with some more okay. friends. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> wow. Adam, Mr. Blue, and okay, Seth so, Herzog, we're... and me. That was, those are my, my oh, roommates. Oh, that's, a Zog. that's, a Zog. that's yeah. the Zog? That's
0: the Zog. Who's a comedian now. And what does Mr. Blue do?
1: Mr. Blue is a, uh, is a DJ and a writer and a very funny man. And he's, uh, that's, yeah, that's Adam and Seth and me up top. Am I rocking a gold chain? <laughs> that looks like I have a cold. I did
0: not see that before That is amazing That is better than an ID bracelet That is stupendous <laughs> We don't need to get you a starter jacket Now after Stage Door Manor You, you went to Baltimore School for the Arts For high school Yes. Was that as influential for you as camp?
1: It was um, Was it as influential You know what I went to Stage Door The first year I went there I was 10 years old Right, oh. and my mom saw it in the back of the New York Times magazine and, and I was into comedy as we've discussed and was doing local plays she's like this camp looks cool and I was, I'd never been to camp before and it was the summer my parents split up oh. and I went to this camp for three weeks thinking this sounds like fun and I got there and I remember like crying one night and I called my dad this is obviously before cell phones you know, yeah. <laughs> 10 year old kid in upstate New York in the phone room where you get like an hour to call <laughs> and I'm like get me the fuck out of here I don't want to be here and then like some, something shifted in the next day, probably partly meeting those guys that were just up there, Sherm and, 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 and Blue and Seth and all my friends and my buddy David Quinn is one of my best friends this day. Meeting all these people, it shifted in a couple of days and I went from wanting to leave to begging my dad could I stay the rest of the summer. And I did, and I ended up going back four more years after that. So I spent five summers there, got my first manager from there, met some of my best friends. But you got to... your
0: first manager from camp?
1: Managers used to go up there and watch you do plays, yeah. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. I'm Look, I know, but...
0: They're just like so n- new ways for me to feel inadequate. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> no. But uh, that place changed my life, so... School for the Arts was a bit different. I mean, it felt like a natural extension of that. But the school, I guess, you know, they... I wanted to start working, and and, and so I never really did well in school there because I was always going to New York to audition and getting jobs. And then it was hard for the school to to kind of work that into their curriculum. It's a great school, the School for the Performing Arts in Baltimore. It's a great outlet for kids.
0: Did you hang out with Tupac?
1: We did, yeah. I mean, we were, we were classmates together. We both were kicked out the same year. That's, that's oh, that's sort of impressive. Our claim, our claim what what, what were you
0: kicked out for?
1: Well, like I said, I was wanting to work and sort of missing a lot of school and they just sort of politely said, you know, I think you should take this somewhere else because uh, I was supposed to do Dead Poets Society the year before the movie was supposed to get made with a different director and I was cast and set to leave like a week, uh, in, a, in a week to go down to Georgia to shoot the movie and the school really was not thrilled that I was doing this because they weren't set up like a uh, correspondence class. That's not what they did. They didn't do courses like that. It was
0: a city, Usually city that school is a good ball- thing, just so you know
1: that. Of course it's a good thing. <laughs> no, and I do know that. But, I, but for a, a performing arts school where, you know, you're, you're, you're doing that. So they agreed to set it up and they tried to set it up and then the movie fell through uh, 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 like about a week out. And so I kind of fell behind in my classes and then I never recovered from that. And then they they asked me to leave. Is,
0: is that why you auditioned twice for Dead Poets I Society? I did, yeah
1: yeah I did I, I, I think you know Ethan and I were cast originally and then I don't know if he had and to and by but I,
0: Ethan you mean Ethan Hawke yeah
1: well yeah I, I didn't I didn't feel like I was name dropping there sorry No, we I were was talking just, about Dead Society. I, I was thought making, that was you I was know making Ethan sure. Embry I mean
0: <laughs> you went to, <laughs> you went to camp with a lot of Jews so I wanted them to know it was Ethan Hawke not, not Ethan a Jew Rabinowitz, yeah yeah no, I know no, I know it.
1: non-Jewish people as well absolutely yeah <laughs> I, I, I socialize with all kinds. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so...
0: You said that you auditioned twice for
1: Dead Oh, oh yeah, so whatever. I mean. Yeah, and I auditioned twice, and... Uh, that, it was funny, because I think when, when Peter Weir took over the film, and uh, I, I don't think he wanted to hire me at first. So I had to go and re-audition. Wow. And I went and re-auditioned, and I, me- I remember the experience of going to re-audition for the film, because all of my friends in New York were in the audition room, and they knew how I had been cast in the film. And the cast director at the time, who's, who's now passed away, rest his soul, but he, um, he said to me, here, I want you to read for this role. And it wasn't the role that I had been, it wasn't the role of yeah. Knox that I had that, I had, that I had gotten the year before. So I, like, was face turned red, and all my friends knew in the audition room, and I thought, well, this is going horribly wrong. So I went up to him and said, asked him, I said, could I please read for this role? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, whatever you want to read for. So I read for that, left that audition thinking, God, I, I never, I'll never get this movie now, and I couldn't believe it. And then I ended up getting it and, and had, you know, a great talk with Peter Weir about it once I was cast and explained to me why he wasn't quite sure at first. But What was it? I don't even remember what he said, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was just so happy that I was doing it. Again, I was like, I don't again. give a shit. Whatever, it's all good.
0: Were you young enough to be delusional about it? I mean, it just seems so terrifying as an adult to hear having to audition, never mind once, but twice.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was young enough to be delusional and just to, like, not know any better. I mean... I knew it seemed wrong, <laughs> um, but, you know, it was new to the business and I knew the business was hard. If I only I knew it's even that much harder every step along the way. It never gets easier. I mean, even with success, it just, you know, you're constantly having to sort of bump up against rejection and failure and, and you know, being humbled. And, and I, I don't mind that to a certain extent. I mean, I, I like kind of I do. Keep, You do? You have a problem with <laughs> <laughs> As you should.
0: Um, how did you meet John Waters?
1: God, I first met John Waters uh, when I was a kid in Baltimore. There a bar called The Club Charles that my dad used to let me go to with him sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I would just, I met him, I think I met him there when I was a kid one night.
0: Um, I spoke with him and told him that you were going to be on the
1: oh, no. show.
0: And he said that you were the most reluctant out of the Corny Collins Council group because... Josh I, th- I would say it was a huge break for you to be be in hairspray right? was,
1: I was really excited about it, yeah.
0: Well, he I was 15. 15 years old, yeah. so you've been in this business barely five years, but according to him, it's over 22. <laughs> um, and he said you that you were the most reluctant to dance, but that actually helped your performance. You gave an even more Real performance from that, and he loved working with you, which I, everyone in Hollywood says. But he really I loved meant working
1: it. with him. But but when he says re- most reluctant to dance, probably just couldn't dance. <laughs> I think would be would be my answer to that. I, I remember we had a, a wonderful choreographer named Ed Ed Love, I believe his name was, and you know that was such a low budget movie. We actually rehearsed at one of my dad's office spaces. Like I found space in like. Ed would put us all together and we'd rehearse these moves but some of the people had more dance experience than I did or knew how to dance and I didn't know how to dance at all but that was such a fun movie to do to work with Divine and I mean I got to know Divine and, and see what kind of actor he was and how great he was and around the time at the end of that film I actually got stoned with him a couple times too which was cool uh, Was it
0: your first time?
1: No I, I, it wasn't but I got stoned with him and Debbie Harry at the rap party that was cool <laughs> Uh, for a kid, you know, I was.
0: I feel like for any age to get stoned with Debbie Harry and Divine seems was pretty cool. cool. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that,
1: but I did. Uh, but but I really I really was impressed with Divine, just how, how good of an actor he was, and that he was starting to to do other roles outside of of what people knew him for, and then he died. That was very sad. Uh, and and we lived in the same building when I first moved to New York, oh, wow. coincidentally, and and, uh, and he died. Yeah, I, was, I was really sad about that because I, I was a big fan and that was a great time. I love that movie. We, we got to shoot a sequence. This is a really funny one where there was a guy, the makeup guy on that movie was a guy named Chucky. And uh, Chucky had his own language. He would talk, he would talk to people and we shot at the, um, in Allentown, Pennsylvania <laughs> at the, in the little motel where we say the George Washington Motel. And Chucky would just say, how you holding up? Every day when he made you up. He said, I'm fine. Check it out. Just checking. <laughs> and he had his own language like Are we gonna go into Jaquaza after work. <laughs> that was jacuzzi. <laughs> we gonna have the Bud Budweezers. <laughs> <Budweizers>? Hanakins. <laughs> Do you have any Kwandy? I want some Kwandy. That was candy. <laughs> he had he had all kinds of oh, his own language, but he was the most charming guy and he made us laugh so hard. Every day it was just like hilarity, because he just create words and He's <laughs> pretty great.
0: You've been in so many phenomenal films. Um, I, wouldn't go,
1: I wouldn't go that far. Been in a couple good ones.
0: You've been in a couple excellent a couple good films, ones. and then you've also uh, been in some bad ones. Been in a threesome. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> Did you know at the time <laughs> that it was such a fine film, or
1: uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> only know.
0: in hindsight is it a crowning achievement? Uh,
1: I don't know. Are you, I can't tell you saying that it's a horrible piece. I haven't seen it in so long. I couldn't even tell you.
0: Well, we can watch a clip of it. <laughs> I think we have just the trailer. I'm sure you're
1: okay. going to see my ass somewhere in this.
0: <laughs> no, that's only the trailer, so it's pretty kosher. It's a Let's trailer? See.
1: Okay, where do we watch it? Right behind us again?
0: Yeah. Jason, are
1: we going <laughs> to go to it? Let's see. Oh, my God. You could call my junior year in college an experiment in living. Sure, one, two, three. Having one roommate was okay, but having two roommates was totally unexpected. If
0: you don't stop eating my yogurt, I'm going to kill you.
1: You make murder sound so sexual. Sex, it's like pizza. Even if it's bad, it's still pretty good. Uh-oh. Larry, this is Eddie and Stuart. Hi. It's about his hair. Is it fiberglass or Steel
0: library is very erotic this girl she is a live wire of sexual energy are the with you? why would you kiss me Will you just look at my butt he is what he is he doesn't know what he is he's
1: confused he's not confused about my butt it's not normal the three of us living together i need a facial i need to go and do it. i need a new shoes <laughs>
0: The three musketeers. Oh, just one big happy family.
1: <laughs> For the three of us together, the improbable
0: became possible. Maybe this should just be our little secret. Don't tell Storm. I
1: know something that you don't.
0: What did you say?
1: And the possibilities were no. endless. <laughs>
0: Like it was fun to shoot. That looks like
1: it was really fun to shoot. Yeah, I mean, we shot Andy Fleming, who who wrote and directed that movie. It's his life story, really. Oh wow! And it is. I mean, Andy's gone on to make other films, and he's he's a very talented director. And we made that movie for a million dollars. That movie went on and TriStar picked it up, and ended up making like forty some million. I mean, I never my dreams. I thought that movie would be a Sundance film. It would go to some festivals. Ended up being a big hit film compared to how much it made. And by the way. Listening to it, I hadn't seen the trailer. That's not my voice at all. Like okay, they, you have to... the guy's like, we went somewhere and did things. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not even me. That's some actor doing that. I
0: did that as a day b- job in L. A. Where you where you <laughs> you have to watch what's and going on over. and then you have to do yeah. the voiceover. That's why your career is just taking off, and, and mine is where it is, where I, I'm doing these films that are past Sundance. Um, what is the Burger Boy, Burger Boys and Beachcombers, the Beachcombers?
1: Burger Boys and Beachcombers, oh wow, those are, Beachcombers was a, was a thing we did at camp that um, they had like a, a student showcase at Stage Door, and you know, you put a bunch of actor kids together and, and they start coming up with things and me and, and Seth and Adam and our other roommate Teddy Goldstein uh, came up with Beachcombers, which was sort of an acapella group, and oh, oh, the wow. Beachcomber was the uh, local ice cream place in Lock Sheldrake, which is now closed and it's all Hasidic, you know, in Lock Sheldrake, it's, there's nothing, anything that was there is not there anymore.
0: Wait, I'm sorry did you just admit that you were in an acapella group? <laughs>
1: Well, I was, yeah.
0: I did want to ask about directing because now that's something that you've you've gotten into with the the Good Wife. You mm-hmm. are going to be returning to the show as a director. Yes. Um, do you like having? Do you like being a director and being in charge? It's uh, yeah, right I me. do. I
1: mean, I think I think it's interesting directing television. It's been a it's great because when you do it on a show that you're involved in as an actor, it's 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 a family. So you have a really welcoming group of people who want to support you. Uh, but television directing itself is a great way to learn. It's a great way to just build experience. Uh, it's, I don't, it's hard, though, because the schedules are unrealistic. And you're really kind of outranked by many people, you know, on the show.
0: Whereas the writers have more power on Yeah, the it's really, you
1: know, television is really a writer's medium. And I think it's gotten even more so than it used to be when I talked to sort of directors that I respect that have been in the business for years. And and that's not to say, you know, we as actors on a show know how much a director brings to a show. Yet a really can be a very thankless job because you come in, you're a guest, all these other people, like we said, outrank you. The actors know their characters, been playing them for years. The producers are the writers and they really control the show and have the final edit of the show. And you come in, work your butt off, give the, you know, the best show you can, hand in your cut, and then you know, they can do whatever they want. So I think that's, that's, it's tough because you know, if you, when you're starting out to direct, you really want to give it your all. And and uh, but I but I love it. I enjoy doing it, and I, I definitely want to do it more. I really want to make a little movie. That's that's a goal of mine in the next few years. So hopefully awesome. I will.
0: And you're also um, going to be in a film by this uh, I think woman who did Lady Chatterley's Lover, which is such a hot romantic hot, film. And hot. go see that if you're looking for stripping. Go see that movie. It is so good. Um, and. You're going to be in a new film, a, yes, first, a French
1: uh, film. Yeah, it's, it's a film called Bird People, and the director's name is Pascal Ferrand. But yeah, it's uh, we just uh, the movie just premiered in Cannes. It was really exciting. We got to go over there and see it. And um, IFC is releasing it here, and it'll be released in September, as, as what I've just been told recently, September 12th.
0: Well, I hope everyone will come with me to see it. I got you um, Growing Up, which is one of my favorite books about Baltimore. And um, I oh, cool. also wasn't sure if you... Had um, John Waters role models.
1: I haven't gotten this. Okay, no. good.
0: Um, I'm so happy to hear that. And um, growing up is in in here as well. Um, awesome, Josh Charles. This was so much fun. Thank and you. And I can't wait to see your next film. And I can't wait to watch The that Good Wife. It was great to dress. be here.
1: Thank you.
0: That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I'm Katie Lazarus. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Ian Mazal for editing this. Thanks to Joe's Pub. And definitely come check out a live taping. They're every month at Joe's Pub. We're kicking off the season September 18th with Al Jaffe from Mad Magazine fame. So go to joespub.com to get tickets. And you can also go to employeeofthemonthshow.com to find out more. Talk to you soon.